0: In addition to dog-eared, I have a show called Health Power. Now, I've been in health media for 24 years, radio, TV, and podcasts, and I really care about not just what I put in my body, but what I put on my body. So I am absolutely in love with One Earth Body Care. Now, I extend that to my pets. I'm very careful about what I feed them, and I'm very careful about what I put on them. So I was so excited to find out that One Earth Body Care also has pet shampoo bars, which are phenomenal. They're gentle with organic oat the Sioux skin. Their neutral pH matches your pet skin pH. Last 20 plus washes for large dogs and they're scented with pet- friendly essential oils. They also have a skin fix for pets, organic coconut, sunflower, and jojoba oils. It has calendula, which stimulates healing. is great for hot spots, itchy patches, and their nose and paws. It's edible ingredients, safe to lick, and it's available with lavender oil or unscented. So I highly recommend you go to oneearthbodycare.com, click on pets, and get these for your pets. And while you're there, you can get wonderful things for your hair, your face, and body, and more. Again, oneearthbodycare.com. Does your dog do? Well, today's guest, I might be asking, what does your dog not able to do? Which will be nothing because I've got the fantastic Sarah Carson. You may have seen her on America's Got Talent or many other shows. She's incredible. She wrote the book, Super Dog Tricks. Make your dog a super dog with step-by-step tricks and training tips featuring the Super Collies. Sarah Carson of Ontario, Canada began her career at 15 years old successfully running her own dog training facility for five years in her hometown of North Bay. Sarah is well known as one of the top international trick dog trainers in North America today. She has been nationally recognized for showcasing her achievements such as the CW Dog Honors Top Trick Award in 2020, the Great Mass Dog Trainer of the Year in 2017. Her dogs have earned a multitude of working and sport titles such as a Agility, dock diving, barn hunt, and tricks. She has also placed across the board in disc dog competitions and taught the art form of canine freestyle dance. Currently, she's living in Kentucky, USA. Her plans are to continue her adventures around the globe with her dogs, performing and teaching tricks to dog owners and their pups. All right, Sarah, does your dog do
1: tricks? My <laughs> <laughs> guess is yes. <laughs> um, yeah, my, my dogs—they live—they live for work. My dogs live, live, live for work. So they absolutely love tricks and they love to dance. So whenever I describe myself to people, I say that I dance with dogs, which is pretty accurate. (laughs) Now, Sarah, when
0: did your love of dogs begin?
1: Um, So I started training dogs when I was about 11 years old. Um, I, yeah, I, I just, I loved them. My family absolutely hated dogs, did not want any. And so I started just working with other people's dogs and got decently good at it my grandma really loved dogs but couldn't have them just because of where she lived and whatnot so we actually ended up uh taming a wild chipmunk and training the chipmunk to do a bunch of dog tricks and that kind of led to uh, my my parents allowing me to have a dog
0: (laughs) oh my gosh okay that's okay first of all (laughs) how do you try (laughs) (laughs) I <laughs> don't you know where to begin with this. I mean, that's like my daughter's. She loves rodents, and that's like her fantasy. Are you kidding me? You can train a chipmunk? So how did
1: you get the chipmunk? And they're so fast. Like, they're speeding all over the place. I think it honestly helped me with my dog training because it was a lot of patience and a lot of timing. Um, I'm about to get photobombed right now by my – yeah, yeah, there he is. Hi, kitty. So. <laughs>
0: you know, this is a show about dogs. <laughs>
1: Just,
0: all right, kitty, get
1: out of no, Just walked across. He can do tricks too. But truly Oh my think, gosh. Yes. Um, I I think that it really did help me with everything I'm doing now just because of the difficulty um of a wild animal.
0: That's incredible. All right. So before we jump into your wonderful book, Super Dog Tricks, I want to talk about this video I saw so I can get to know your wonderful super collies better. So it's called Sarah and the Super Collies: Training Dogs as Actors, Performers, and Companions. It's a uh, Daily Paws. So I'll put the link in the show notes. You've got Hero, Marvel, Hawkeye, and Archer. Now, at the time of this video, which I think it said was a year ago, was ten, seven, two, and eight months. So, if I can do math, I said now they're eleven, eight, three, and a year and eight months. Am I right?
1: That's pretty close. Yeah. And I actually have two more
0: dogs. Tell us a little bit about each dog's personality and their unique abilities. And then I want to hear about your new dogs too. Sure.
1: Yeah. So Hero is my original super collie. He is 11 now. He's retired in Lexington, Kentucky. Um, He has a heart condition, so he can't really travel or perform anymore, but he doesn't know. He acts like a puppy most days. Uh, Marvel's my second oldest. She's eight she actually did place fifth on the finals of america's got talent she was Mm -hmm. one of one of the dogs on there really briefly came up came out and demonstrated some stuff and then quickly left she couldn't handle that much back then she's way better now (laughs) Um, i also (laughs) like to say that marvel is quite the diva so if you follow me on social media at all you'll notice that marvel wears a muzzle quite frequently uh she does mm-hmm. not like dogs even her own uh siblings <laughs> does not oh, no. does not like dogs um, but she's a great great athlete often awesome performing dog um then i have oh my gosh hawkeye hawkeye's three he's a frisbee dog mostly he likes tricks but he really likes the frisbee but pretty much anything that requires him to not think he's good at like he just wants to go 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 then I, I, I have Archer, which I did have in that video. So Archer is a field golden. He has a identity crisis. He grew up with border collies. And so he thinks that he is a border collie. He just turned two a couple, uh, a few days ago. And he's a wild, wild man. Yeah, he's a wild man.
0: <laughs> Before you tell us about your new dogs, I did want to focus on this. I thought this was pretty interesting. That hero was actually a service dog. And that he helped you because, I don't know, I think you said one doctor said it was hypoglycemia, but you would pass out and he would give you this 15-minute window where you needed to eat something. And he'd also put pressure on your foot because you have some social anxiety if you were, like, out in public and it would kind of calm you. Tell us about this. This is really great.
1: So with Hero, it really, like, I obviously had to train the DPT, the Depressure Therapy, um, and, like, the object guarding and that kind of stuff. But honestly, he picked up just on how I was feeling, how I was reacting to situations in that. I honestly think that had a lot to do with, he was my only dog for four years. Like it was just oh, okay. me and him. I spent every waking moment with him. And so we bonded pretty heavily through that. Um, I didn't really know much about service dogs at the time. I mean, this is 11 years ago. Um, but since I have helped kind of write and assist with a service dog training program and, I'm I'm a pretty big advocate for all of that now because I do feel like it's kind of gotten out of control. When I had Hero back then, I think there was only like one other guide dog in my city. Like there was. Oh really? Oh yeah. And now it's completely out of control. Yeah.
0: Now tell us about your two new dogs.
1: Yeah. So I got Venom around the same time that I got Archer. Uh, Venom looks a lot like Hero. He, um, oh my gosh, basically, he, he's basically hero except for a black spot on his face and he has one blue eye. Other than that spit, spitting image, he's a very good boy. He's just turned a year and a half. He's almost two and we're hoping that he can become a dancing dog. It's very difficult to kind of figure out what each dog's niche thing is. So we're still, still working through that.
0: I'm glad you mentioned that because... In that video as well, you talk about what some of the things that your dogs are good at, and I know that Hero likes the canine dancing, and I believe it's, is it Hawkeye or Marvel who likes the Frisbee? Marvel and Hawkeye. They both do. And then I like you say, Archer's a happy-go-lucky golden, and at this point, you said he hadn't really found his thing, Mm -hmm. but has he now, or is he looking around and figuring it Um, out?
1: He's he's kind of insane. like. I mean, he <laughs> likes Sounds like risky. my lab. <laughs> he, oh yes, he likes frisbee. He likes tricks. He likes dock diving. Like he is an all around like happy go lucky boy. Um, there really isn't anything that he doesn't like. So he just hasn't quite found the thing that he most enjoyed.
0: Now, Sarah, in the book, and it's such a great book because at first, you know, I saw it and I thought, super dog trips. I can't even get my dog to come half the time. How you know, and I think but when when I read the book, I thought, wow, this is great because you do really basic foundational training. That's so important. And you actually write in the book, quote, while this book is about dog tricks, it's actually written for anyone who wants to build a better relationship with a dog. I
1: think a lot of people look at dog tricks as really like dumb. Like, why would I teach my dog to shake a paw? Well, if you teach your dog oh. to shake a paw, your dog is going to be looking to you more for guidance. They're going to want to do more things for you. They're going to want to be around you. Um, trick training truly is a way to build that relationship and build that communication because dogs don't speak English. And the only way that they can is if you build that vocabulary and build meaning to those words. Um, I also tell a lot of people, and it is in the book as well, to just stop talking. Like, don't don't tell your dog to do something. Just show them or wait until they offer it and then they're going to start learning themselves. And that honestly, it's just the, yeah, it's, it's just the best way to just build that relationship.
0: You also write in the book that tricks training has not only bettered the lives of my dogs, but it has also improved my own mental health. Tell us about that.
1: So that is mostly regarding performing. Cause I could be, I could be anywhere. Like I train my dogs at Lowe's and home Depot and like places that allow dogs a lot and just being able to be in those environments is stressful for me. So being able to be there and having people walk by, watching me train, and bringing like some some sort of joy to them, or they start asking oh, questions awesome. about what I'm doing, um, it very much has helped. Yeah,
0: people have got to watch your videos. Not now, because we're you got to wait till after the interview. But <laughs> they really are so fun to watch. I have to say, I was completely dumbfounded by Howie and the other woman, Melby. Yeah, I don't think they understand. How incredibly time consuming! I'm assuming from reading uh, and watching that yeah. it is to teach the dog. I was mesmerized,
1: and they're just like, eh, "It was okay." And I'm like, "Do they not get it?" I didn't see a single trick. Is what the comment was. I didn't see a single trick. That was completely insane. Yeah, um, what are will, they watching? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I will say that it is TV, and. I do think that it was kind of set up to make it better TV because oh, that's it was, a good point. it was traumatic. I mean, oh God, I, mean I, sorry, I, Sarah. I mean, well, it's fine. They they made me talk to like um, a psychiatrist and whatever. Like when I got off stage, they're like, here, we're going to get you to sit down here and have a little chat. And I was like, Oh, what about and like, cause I'm like sobbing. <laughs> Who am I talking <laughs> Something to? Something wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah, you have to, like, you do have to look at it as like, it's reality television and they want good ratings and they want a good story. And I do believe that that is why I did so well in the show because there's been several dog acts since and nobody's even gotten close to where I got. So I do believe that they, they, they built up my storyline and they made me this character that people could not only see themselves in, but believe in and love. And yeah, it is just TV.
0: Yeah, well you did amazing and it it I'm sure it must be so incredibly difficult. You also write in the book what you teach your dog first is important and you go on to say working on the basics is crucial in helping your dog solidify behaviors that are useful day in and day out and will create a solid foundation for everything else you teach him.
1: So when I say the basics I also mean like obviously like sit down stay leave it come, but I also mean things like te- teaching your dog to do nothing. Like a lot of dogs don't know how to do nothing they pace they follow their owners they um look for things to do which is getting in the trash chewing on the couch um so teaching your dog to do nothing is a very important structured life skill that a lot of pet owners kind of look over um so like in my house I, i almost have a cot in every room so if i have one of my dogs in the house i put them on their cot so i can go about whatever else i'm doing so they're getting their mental stimulation by having to stay on the cot and chill um Things like crate training. Crate training is incredibly crucial to every single pet dog and working dog ever. Um, Simple things like when you drop your dog off at a groomer, where does your dog stay? In a crate. What, what, What happens to your dog if the dog's never seen a crate in its entire life? It's stressed and now it automatically hates the groomer. And the groomer's already a stressful situation. So those are kind of the things that I pinpoint in those first few chapters, is just like try and focus on the basics and then the rest is gonna come super easy.
0: Yeah, that's such a good point. What command do you use when you get them to go on their cot?
1: I'll tell you that it doesn't matter what you call it. You could call it absolutely anything you want. It's just about the consistency and like continuously working on it. So a lot of dogs, like my puppy, he breaks place. So I need to go back to the basics and I need to get a leash and I need to tether him. So that way when he goes to break place, um, he'll get a little correction on his collar from the leash being tethered. And then he'll just put himself back because he does know the behavior, but he just gets very distracted.
0: (laughs) Right? Well, as yes, as puppies do. So the training words you use in this book, and and I want people to get the book, but lure, mark, jackpot, gesture, cue, and release cue. What is
1: jackpot? Jackpot is just a term that uh, many trainers use to, um, how do I say this? If my dog sits, and I reward it, That's just a reward. But if my dog sits and a deer runs by and he doesn't break his sit, he's gonna get a jackpot. So he's gonna get like a whole handful of cookies. He's gonna get a tug session. We're gonna just go crazy and have a party. So that's what a jackpot is. It's just like, you did absolutely amazing. Now I'm gonna let you know that. Now there are some dogs like Labs and Goldens where you can give them the tiniest piece of kibble and they could care less if it was one little piece of kibble or the whole bag. Like (laughs) it doesn't matter. But the average pet dog, it's just like they need that distinction of you did good or you did absolutely amazing. Do that again.
0: Right. And that's where the high value treat comes in, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: But again, labs and goldens is like kibble or treat. It doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) They just want to eat. They do. (laughs) They really do.
0: Now, you also talk about how new behaviors should always be taught in a familiar environment.
1: Yeah. So you don't want to have really high expectations for your dog. So I don't really take my dogs out in public to train until they have all the behaviors pretty much solidified in my house and in my backyard or in my driveway. And then I'll start taking them with more distractions. Um, You can even add things like background noise to try and simulate that distraction. Um, But I always just try and make it easy on the dog.
0: And you talk about food
1: drive. What does that mean? It just means that your dog really likes food. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you do. (laughs) So there's food drive, toy drive. Um, Some dogs simply work off of praise. I've only ever had one dog that was like that. All my other dogs need to get paid. So that could be food or toys.
0: Leash walking is so important. And you say that to train your dog on the leash, you should use a slip leash and you also require food. As well. So what is a slip leash and why is that your go-to?
1: So I personally like using slip leads for dogs that pull because it hits all their pressure points. Um, I put it nice and high up behind their neck and it just provides pressure if they add it. And then when they um, aren't pulling, it releases the pressure and then they can just relax and enjoy their walk. So I think it gives pet owners a really nice tool that allows them to kind of train their dog, but their dog is also doing the training themselves, if that makes sense. So the treats... If the dog's doing the good thing, reward your dog. But honestly, I I just try and recommend something that's easy for dog owners because nowadays there are a million and one different ways to get your dog to heal. And a lot of those ways, I wouldn't recommend the average pet owner to try without professional assistance. So the slip lead was just the best way that I think I could get both worlds in there.
0: Right. Now, in the second chapter, Super Simple Tricks. You write that the super simple tricks, quote, help your dog to learn how to learn. Expand on that.
1: Yes. So when your dog starts to understand the concept of learning, the more difficult tricks will be way easier. So something as simple as, um, let's see, fetching your leash. If your dog knows the game of tug and your dog knows how to hold an object, retrieving a leash is very easy. Um, Because you're just putting those two behaviors together to get the final product. It also, honestly, just helps with everyday life. So some simple things like your dog dashing out the door. If your dog knows anything like sit, (laughs) you can simply ask your dog (laughs) to sit, and when you open the door, you can reward your dog and continue on with your life. I I think that the the biggest thing that people struggle with is they think that their dogs just already know how to do all of these things. Um, When in reality, like you do, have to start with these super simple tricks in order to build on all of the more advanced behaviors.
0: Yeah. You know, it's kind of embarrassing. Uh, My lab, he's nine. He doesn't know down. And I could have sworn we taught him down at some point. And he was so embarrassing too. So we're at aquatic therapy because of his arthritis and the physical therapist wants to do some laser, you know, cold laser on his joints. And he's like, down, Benji, down. And Benji's just sitting there wagging his tail, looking around. And I was like, come on, Benji, down. And the therapist kind of looks at me. I was like, oh, my God, I don't think he knows down. So uh, I'm working with him and he's learning because of your book. So thank you. But, yeah, it's like you think your dog knows these, but he's nine. How does he not know down? where, Where did I
1: go wrong? Yeah, but that that is so common. And I struggle in it in a different way because I just have so many dogs, so I forget what each dog <laughs> knows. But it's but yeah, like people just expect their dogs to know these things. Like something as simple as jumping into a car. No, you have to teach your dog how to do that. And if they have a bad experience, they might never want to do it again. So you always have to set your dog up for success and be sure that you give them the opportunity to try things and learn things and
0: Well, it's interesting because my first dog, Bailey, he was a pit mix. He would just go and get his hooky. So we started saying, Bailey, go get your hooky. But we never trained him. He just, when I put on certain shoes, he would run and bring me his leash. No other dog I've had since then has done that. Yeah. Now in super simple tricks, you've got sit down, roll over, wave, spin, shake a paw, take a bow, footsies, nose touch. You go on. Some of these seem complicated. over arms, go around, back up, jump in arms. Say your prayers, crawl. So they get progressively harder. Yes. Is it in order though? They need to know sit and down and roll over and wave or are these in no particular order. I would
1: say they're in no particular order. We we did try and put them just in case somebody did want to follow it like that. Um, where like I would recommend you start with these things, but you can do any of literally any of the tricks in the book at any point. Um,
0: oh really? Okay. Truly.
1: Because I've broken things down so easily. Like you think like ooh, overarms. That that sounds like a difficult trick, but I've broken it down so easily that you can just do one session and see a lot of progress.
0: All dogs are individuals, so how mm-hmm. long it takes for each of them to learn these things is totally individual. But is there some breed specificity? And- I wouldn't
1: say that it, it's breed specific. I would I would say that it is motivation. So if the dog if the dog is super food motivated, you are going to have really really good success very quickly. Um, I always recommend, I think I said this in the book as well, I don't recommend using toys to train a behavior, but you can use toys once the behavior has been learned to reward it. Because then the dog just gets in a crazy high state of arousal and cannot focus on what they're doing.
0: Oh, wow. What do you do with the lower food drive dog? You find the thing that gets them...
1: Build the food drive. How do you do that? Um, Don't free feed your dog. So a lot of pet owners put the bowl in the ground and just keep filling it up whenever it gets low. Um, that is how you teach the dog to not respect you whatsoever because the food is coming from the floor and not from you. And that is the number one resource for a dog is their food. So you always want to have scheduled meal times. And I recommend with people with younger dogs to use those meal times to train, even if it's something simple like sit, down, stay, uh, nose touch, spin, sit, stay, wait for me to release you to eat your food. That kind of stuff really helps build the food drive and build the bond.
0: Do you have any favorites in this chapter, too, with the simple tricks, the nose touch, the leg weave, sit pretty over arms? Do you have any that you particularly Um,
1: like? Footsies isn't that one, correct?
0: Yes. Love footsies.
1: (laughs) Footsies, yeah. So people love that trick. And it is such an easy, easy, easy trick to work on. Um, I think it also teaches the dog kind of how to use their paws because they have to find your feet and then they get rewarded. And it's just really fun. I mentioned it again. Really fun to watch dogs learn and watch them pick up on things and, like, having that light bulb moment. I will never get tired of seeing that light bulb moment. It's awesome. I love it.
0: Now, in chapter three, you go up to super impressive tricks. Cross your paws, hide in suitcase. Oh, my God. The pictures in the book are so cute. <laughs> I think it's Hero who's like, you just see his head coming out of the suitcase. <laughs> Talk to us about hiding in suitcase. I love that. The suitcase that. is
1: a trick that kind of just happened. Um, we actually, I trained it randomly with Hero, my gosh, probably eight years ago now. And I filmed a little video with him in the woods going in his suitcase, very random. And that video, it still gets used by like airlines. And I think it's on uh, border, the border security website, like border patrol, um, just about like talking about like packing the essentials and like, don't put your, uh, don't travel with your, I don't know. It is fantastic. That gif has been used. So many times the video went completely viral. Um, and I don't know if it was because it was cute or it was because it was just really, really weird. Like it was just a suitcase in the woods and then a dog would like come into frame and go. in the suitcase.
0: <laughs> I think probably both. Although, oh, my God, Hero is so, so yeah. cute. You've got the limp, the scoot, open and close the door, hooped arms, the rebound. I think that's my favorite. And if you can describe that for people. Yeah. I love watching you do that with the dogs. It's, it really is like they're
1: light as air and just floating. I, yeah, I love that trick. It is um, it is a little more difficult. Uh, obviously, it's in that category. But um, re- rebound is just a flyball box turn. So if you've ever seen flyball and the dogs jump with all four paws onto this box and then kind of do a turn into the air, you do that on a wall. You can do it on a tree. And then I teach it on either myself. Um, so they can do it on my front or my back. Um, I can put a foot up in the air and the dogs can rebound off of my shoe. And then just recently I started teaching the hand one too, where the dogs can do the rebound right off of my hand. So it's really neat. Um, It really requires a lot of rear end awareness because the dogs need to push off of the object. So they need to know where their back feet are and being able to place it in the correct spot.
0: Yeah, that seems complicated. (laughs) So that again, that's in the super impressive tricks, but then you got even more. You've got skateboard. This is in chapter four, super trick dog. Uh, you write, quote, most of these behaviors require a prerequisite trick in order to be successful. So it's recommended to start with tricks in the easier sections. Mm-hmm. Once your dog has the building blocks required, these difficult tricks are much easier for him to learn. And you've got skateboard, jump rope. <laughs> like, you can jump into the jump rope. I love that.
1: People love that trick. Jump rope is a very, very fun one. hmm
0: Oh my gosh! A walk on hind legs. I think in that video you said it took several years for Hero, but only what was it? Five
1: days or for Hawkeye. Yeah, I, I, I really wanted to teach a dog to do a walking handstand, and Hero is a fifty-five pound dog, and so it took yeah, it took him about three and a half years. I kind of worked with the methods that were currently out there, talked with some people, and then when I got a dog named Groot. He learned it in about three months, learning with a new way that I was kind of testing out. And then I had a dog named Thor that learned it in about three months as well. So I was like, okay, I'm getting somewhere. And then I got Hawkeye and I waited until he was about almost two to start working on it because it's a physically demanding trick. And he learned that a walking handstand in five days.
0: Blows my mind. Once you have had a wonderful dog, a life without one is a life diminished. That's a quote by author Dean Koontz, and I couldn't agree more. I want my wonderful dogs to live as long as possible, and what they eat plays a huge role in their health and longevity. Kibble is full of seed oils that wreak havoc on our dog's health. They damage their microbiome, which affects digestion, oral health, their skin and coat, and more. And that's why I feed my dog, Benji, Yumwoof. Their air-dried food is GMO-free and has an inflammation-reducing recipe with omega-3 and coconut oil. It's all the benefits of fresh food without the fridge, carbs, fillers, seed oils, and other inflammatory ingredients you see in other brands. Yumwoof obsessively crafted a healthy low carb food with humanely raised USDA meat, eggs and other non-GMO superfoods that my dog loves. Try the number one air dried dog food for gut health for 50% off a trial of Yumwoof. That's 50% off a trial of Yumwoof. Go to www.yumwoof.com. That's www.y dot You and your dog will be so glad you did.
2: Does your family include a dog or a cat? Would you like to be better educated on how to advocate for their health naturally? Then why not check out all of the amazing resources on naturallyhealthypets.com? Dr. Judy Morgan is a trusted advisor and a regular guest here on the Dog Eared Podcast. She has over 38 years experience as an integrative veterinarian, acupuncturist, chiropractor, food therapist, author, speaker, podcast host, and owner of Dr. Judy Morgan's Naturally Healthy Pets. Dr. Judy's goal is to change the lives of pets by educating and empowering pet parents just like you in the use of natural healing therapies and minimizing the use of chemicals, vaccinations, and poor quality processed food. Head on over to naturallyhealthypets.com, where you'll discover healthy product recommendations, comprehensive courses, the Naturally Healthy Pets podcast, informative blogs, upcoming events, and so much more. Again, that's naturallyhealthypets.com, the place to learn how to give your pet the vibrant life that they deserve. Now,
0: in chapter five, you've got canine freestyle, and I love canine freestyle. I love watching it. And you say there's two different kinds: there's heel work to music and musical canine freestyle. Tell us about both of them. Yeah, these.
1: so heel work to music is mostly healing, so it's a lot um, of movement with you and movement with your dog. In my opinion, it's boring. Um, I but I also don't like obedience. So you're talking to somebody that like none of my dogs can really heal unless I need to focus on that. So I think two of two out of five can like heal really well. And the other ones, I'm just like, whatever, I don't care. Um, and then musical kind of freestyle is the tricks to music. So there is still tricks involved in the, the heel work to music, but it's just not as elaborate. Um, so it's just, just a little more upbeat, a little more loose. That's um, the one that I enjoy the most.
0: Yeah, that seems super fun. And you talk about a few classic freestyle songs, Footloose, Happy, Dance Monkey. You talk about themes. You have great themes that people definitely go and and watch on America's Got Talent. And then things to keep in mind, I think is great dog safety and also human comfort and the fabric. You talk about inappropriate costumes as well. You you need to be able to move. Your dog needs to be able to move. You don't want to have things blocked. And it just makes a big difference. And it really adds to the whole theme of it right? Yeah. That part seems like a lot of fun. It's so
1: much fun. I I think the creative behind it is probably the most fun.
0: Absolutely. Now I should let people know that in super dog tricks, make your dog a super dog with step-by-step tricks and training tips. You show exactly what to do. You've got troubleshooting, you've got everything you need. And like I said, the pictures are great. I love to take selfies with my dogs and I really want to teach where they come up like kind of beside you and put their paw on your shoulder. Mm-hmm. How many steps is that? Like, let's say I wanted, like you were going to explain to me how to teach that. And that is called the selfie, right? Two
1: steps. Uh, some people call it hug too, but I'm pretty sure in the book it's called selfie. Um, I do know on the back of the book is a photo of Hawkeye taking a selfie. Oh, and he's got both paws over yeah. you, like just right above your chest. Yeah, so the, the two paws, if if your dog is struggling, to get two paws is three steps, but it's very easy. Uh, first step is to get your dog to sit behind you. Second step is to put your hand over your shoulder with a reward and get your dog to put their two paws on your shoulder. And then the third step, if you want the other paw, is just to move your hands from one side to the other, and they will move the other paw.
0: That's it? <laughs> That's amazing. Maybe I can you do some of this stuff. 100% I mean,
1: this- can do this,
0: yes. <laughs> fact that Benji doesn't know down really brought my confidence level down. Do you feel like people get kind of lazy? To be honest, like they just want to hire a dog trainer and have them do everything, and then they, you know, they want it just to stick, and they're too busy. One hundred
1: percent. I have to break it down to people that it it takes five to ten minutes a day to teach your dog something. Five to ten minutes a day. If you can do that a few times a day, you're gonna have a really good dog. Uh, but the average person just doesn't have time. They want to just put the bowl of food on the ground and let their dog eat. Mm-hmm. Be done with it. So.
0: Yeah, that is tough because so we sent Benji to this guy that had this wonderful like dog kind of camp thing. It's in the woods, and they get all this training and this and that. But the guy is like, when Benji is home, you've got to keep up with everything. And we were so good at first, like because Benji loves to be in the kitchen because he's a lab, you know. And right, always underfoot, I'm always in danger of breaking my back yeah. or something tripping over him. We had him right outside the kitchen. And we had a, I don't know what the word is. And we were so good for like two months. And then all of a sudden he's, you know, right under my feet again. And we just it let it slide. I thought, cause he'd been with six dogs for like, I don't know, it was like a month or something. He'd be better around other dogs. Cause he gets really overly spazzy around other dogs. And I brought him to a dog park and he was still a complete spaz. And I called the trainer. The trainer's like, well, don't bring him to a dog park.
1: I will say that I tell people to not take their dogs to dog parks because it's promotes really, really terrible, bad behavior. Um, but I do tell people to take their dogs and train them outside of a dog park. If you're willing to take your dog to a dog park and stand there, watch your dog run around and not listen to you for an hour, you have an hour or 30 minutes to train your dog outside of the dog park.
0: Oh my God. I'm so glad you said that. Cause I kind of thought the trainer was kind of being a joke. No,
1: dog parks are the
0: worst. <laughs> god my mind is there there
1: is a company that i want to say they're a few years old now um called sniff spot and you rent people's yards so like i have my dog that's a diva she's a bitch and i could take her to a sniff spot and not have to worry about people or dogs or anything because it's my own private dog park Oh, that's so
0: interesting. I mean, one thing I like to do is if I meet people and the dogs have met and my dogs aren't territorial, like, you know, some dogs you can bring, they love having anybody over any dogs. Yep. So I'll just have say, Hey, why don't you guys come to my house? Cause my dogs, you know, you can run around the yep. yard and everything. It's great. The other reason I stopped going to dog parks is with my dog, Bailey, my pit mix, my first dog. He's very humpy. Oh yeah. And people would be like, my dog's a boy. He's humpy. I'm like, they're playing like, but you're looking at me like they shouldn't be doing that. I'm doing everything wrong. Oh, my God. I'm going to have to take that. No, but I'm like, leave your homophobia at home. I think if they said my dog doesn't like you, Jeff, but it was the gay thing. That's what bugged me.
1: Normally, that's like asserting dominance or uh, dogs can be that way because they're just very anxious and nervous. Um, but I, I would say it was probably more of like a dominant behavior. And that's how you can start a really nasty dog fight.
0: Yeah. We got lucky there. Oh my God. So what are things so clearly, (laughs) sir, what are things that you see people doing out in the world with their dogs that they should be trained not to do or things that they're, they should be trained to do, you
1: know, they should not be letting their dog say hi to every dog and person that they see. Because that is how you build up this arousal of my job is to say hi to every person and every dog that I'm going to see. And you should be teaching your dogs to just be neutral. And not care. How do you do that? Because
0: my both my dogs love other dogs. Benji too much. He goes nuts. Blue knows how to approach better and sniff and then be done. But you're saying try not to do that all well, the time? Well, your dogs
1: are a little too old to change their habits now. Um, but in the future, the reason why your dogs are <laughs> yes. like that now is because you allowed them to do it. That's that's literally it. It's like, oh, my gosh, my dog keeps getting in the trash can. Well, have you ever been there to correct your dog or have you put the trash can up or have you ever worked on your dog around the trash can um so truly a lot of these bad quote-unquote bad behaviors or undesirable behaviors are because they've been allowed um, or they've been yeah they've, they've been rewarded in ways that people don't really understand they're rewarding their dogs for
0: how would you do that with a younger dog how do you get them not to engage
1: yeah, you can do a couple things. Um, when I'm on a trail, if I'm working with a dog, I'll get the dog to sit on the side of the trail, wait for the person to walk by, reward the dog, continue the walk. Um, so that is one way to do it. Other way is just to tell, like if it's a very controlled environment, tell the other person to just completely ignore your dog. And then your dog's going to realize, well, that's not very fun. It's not scary. So I'm not really scared of it. It's not fun. I don't care. Keep going. So it's just really about making things just neutral.
0: So every year in our town, in the common, they have this thing crafts in the park. A lot of people. It's crowded. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of booths, and a lot of people bring their dogs. So I bring Blue. He's on leash. He's good. You know, he'll sniff the other dogs. And but you're all kind of crammed in. So there was a guy there who brought his dog, and he's like, "My dog's not friendly." But I'm thinking maybe it's his first time there. But I don't think somebody with an unfriendly dog should bring somewhere where lots of dogs are.
1: If I brought Marvel there, Marvel would be in a muzzle. But I wouldn't bring Marvel there because she would be stressed. If my dog doesn't like other dogs, I'm not going to take her to a dog park. I'm not going to take her to a pet expo. I'm not going to take her to some event where there's going to be a lot of dogs. I'm going to leave her at home. Yes. I'm going to bring a different dog or I'm not going to bring a dog.
0: You do say it's not too old. That that whole teaching a dog, old dog, yeah.
1: new tricks. It's not too late.
0: No, there's some situations it sounds like it is too late if I've always let them greet other dogs. Yeah. If it's like, But there's yeah. other, tell us some yeah. things that that's not too late.
1: Tricks. Yeah, there's no timeline on tricks. and and it really is like if you have a 10 year old dog and your dog pulls on a leash and you want to teach it to heal, like, it's not too late, but it's like, in my opinion, it's like, why? Like why (laughs) you've waited this long? (laughs) (laughs) Like I, yeah, I'm I'm really, I'm all about like dog safety and making sure the dogs are comfortable. And, and I just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bother.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, I think that's so smart. And you know, I just realized I've, I've definitely been in the wrong. So we have some woods around here where you're not supposed to have your dogs off leash. But I'll go in like the dead of winter where I'm the the only people out are people with their dogs off leash because it's no one. But once in a while, there'll be a dog on leash and then I'll get yelled at and then I'll be mad. And I'm like, well, yeah, he is right or she is right. Yeah. Now, the other thing is, how much time do you spend
1: training your new dogs? The only other new one I have is Joker. And he's about 10 months old. He's a Border Collie. And I've had him for about five months. So he was a rescue. Uh, He was with a family in Arkansas. So he grew up like with kids and like a house. Uh, He was crazy. So they wanted him to go somewhere that he could actually like work and have a job. So he's working out real well for me. He's a really good boy. Um, We actually took him hiking today. So my new dogs, their schedule is typically five to ten minutes a couple times a day of training, and then a lot of just running around. Or my dogs live in a kennel, so they're out in their kennel doing their own thing. Hiking, uh, Lowe's, Home Depot, like any store that allows pets breweries that kind of thing so it really is just about giving them the experiences and making sure that they're just like well-rounded dogs and the trait the training stuff just kind of comes as we go and i've been traveling a lot for work so i do feel i do feel bad i mean in the five months i've had him he has only had a little bit of training but a lot of exposure so
0: <laughs> we're, we're yeah. getting there oh that's awesome mm-hmm. That's all. And that's something so important you brought up with this family. Like, he's just crazy. But you really have to research the breed before you get him because they need to work. Yeah. They need to be doing something or have land or go on long walks. If you just keep him in your house and take him on a 20-minute walk a day, I mean, even Blue, like, if he doesn't get at least an hour walk, he's up at 5 in the yeah. morning. I've been taking him twice a day.
1: And he's almost dead, But I will say you've just described to me that you're building an athlete. Is that not good? I mean, when when you're, when you when you're training for a marathon, what do you do? (laughs) So that is a lot of dog owners think that they need to walk their dogs five miles a day. And then when they walk their dogs five miles a day for X amount of time, they're wondering, well, shit, my dog can go 10 miles now. And it's because they're building an athlete. So that is the, 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 what we've talked about at the very beginning, the art of doing nothing. So you have to teach your dog to do nothing. So lying on a cot for a couple hours while you're watching a movie is a bunch of mental stimulation. Your dog will probably fall asleep while they're on the cot, which is great. But then, yeah, it's uh, you don't have to walk them that much.
0: Really? Okay. Because I don't get tired of waking up at five. So like when I walk him like that, he'll sleep till six. And the
1: 5 a.m. thing too is a habit that has been reinforced
0: as well. Can you come? <laughs> me? Apparently, I'm a terrible dog. Not, I feel awful. I do love them so you're much. You're not
1: a terrible dog owner. I'm just addressing all of the things that you've said that you uh, are
0: struggling with. I am an open book. I'm always candid on, on both my podcasts. So uh, yeah, geez, I have a lot to do. So this is good that I I really do wish you'd come. I'm sure you'll us. call me. They are very You'll sweet. call me when you
1: get another yes. dog and we can start from square one.
0: Yes. let's See, that's what we need. That's what my husband was saying.
1: He's like, Cause I don't, I've never wanted to get a puppy. I mean, six months is great. Like six, uh, Joker was, uh, nine nine months when I got him, I think. So just like, no, he was seven months. So just like six, seven months, they've been like exposed to things and potty trained typically. Um, I, I love like breed specific rescues are really good. So I normally use BC save in Texas. They're awesome. Um, yeah, just. Oh, Nice. mm -hmm but yeah, feel free to call me. <laughs> oh, I will. Oh my God. I'm so
0: <laughs> oh, I'm very good at reading books and asking questions, but apparently I need to spend more time training my old dogs. Sarah, was there anything that we didn't touch on that you were hoping we would talk about? I didn't realize it'd become like, oh my God, I have so much to do.
1: I think, I think we talked about a lot. Um, I think the only thing that I would like to kind of touch on is that I did develop an app it's called Pupper, P oh. U P P R. And it's basically a dog trainer in your pocket. So there's everything that's in the book and a whole lot more.
0: Well, give us your website and all the ways we can see you and read of you course. And do all the cool things because you're so fun to oh, watch. Oh my gosh. Well thank
1: you. Um, my website's thesupercollies.com and then all of my social media is the supercollies on any platform. Then on Instagram, I'm the SuperCollies mom.
0: All right. Well, sir, this has been so much fun. And yes, it's I do have your email. So say <laughs> just as a recap. So now I shouldn't even bother. Like, if Blue sees another dog, just try to get him to just ignore him. Is it too late? Is you
1: that... can you can try and, and totally uh, make those changes. And well, what would I do? Would I give him treats to sit? Like, how would I
0: do that? Or other people listening. Like... So if
1: your dog sees another dog and they get really over aroused, um, I would have your treats. And you would just ask your dog to sit. And if they're looking at you, they get rewarded. So and it can be like rapid fire. It can be you get one treat and I'm going to wait and give you the option to look and then the option to look back and then reward that because you always want to be very um, precise with your rewards. You're not rewarding the wrong thing.
0: Right. Okay. And you're still traveling all over the country and you're 26
1: foot, right, RV? I traded that in for a 20 foot van now. So, Ooh, how's that going? I mean, it's good. I think I want to go back up to about 23 feet is like the sweet spot, I think.
0: And I know you have a bunch of stuff in the summer, right? Yep.
1: I'm about to hit the road, yeah. So I'm going to be on the road for about four months um, here in a, in the next week. So I'm doing uh, the Medora Theater in North Dakota for seven weeks. Then I'm doing a fair in Washington, Northern California, New York, and Oregon. So I'll be uh, on the road. Nice. I saw on your website, that you're going to the Santa Clara
0: County Fair, which I grew up going to every single year. And it is a great, great fair. And Good. I have such fond memories. So I'm, I was like, damn it. I wish I could go and see you there. I love the Santa Clara. So let me see if I remember Santa Clara County Fair, family affair with lots of flair. I don't know, seventies, <laughs> something like that. It was something like
1: that. That's anyway,
0: Sarah, you're fabulous. And I, 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 my mind is like exploding of how much I've learned today. Oh, how do I get, how would you get your dog out of an early morning wake time?
1: Well, if, if you if your dog is crate trained, I, that's probably where I would start. If not, you just don't get out of bed. You just wait. If your dog is loose and your dog is bugging you, you just wait and you wait until they go and lie down and calm down. And then I would reward that by getting up and loving them out. They just need to know that they're not the one in, in like initiating that. Um, if yeah, n- none of my dogs have ever, ever done that mostly because i don't allow it
0: yeah you're amazing sarah oh my gosh okay well everybody keep coming back to dog eared and check out health power while you're here and rate review subscribe and get sarah's book again super dog tricks make your dog a super dog with step-by-step tricks and training tips the wonderful sarah carson thank you so much sarah this was super fun thank you